When it comes to selling advisors, one of the first places that we want to apply this understanding is when it comes to the communication tool that we all know as the telephone. Let's take a look at how attention and listening apply over the telephone. And where that leads us to in terms of being maximally effective, having the greatest possible impact over the phone. Let's use the concept of attention to take a look at our telephone skills. Let me ask you a question. What do you think you can tell about someone from hearing the voice over the phone? Certainly, you can tell the person's mood. You can tell whether they're male or female. You can probably tell whether or not they're, you know,、uh, distracted. But let me ask you what about the color of their eyes? Or the length of their hair, their height, their weight, whether or not they have a mustache. You might say to me, No, coach, I can't see those things over the phone. Really? Then let me ask you a question. Why is it when you meet people that you talk to over the phone who you've never seen before, they never look the way you think they should when you meet them? Unless you form a complete unconscious mental image of every person's voice you hear. When you speak to them over the phone. While this is certainly a very interesting fact, what is the practical application of this? Here's the opportunity. Because you cannot be seen over the phone, the individual is constructing an image of you, and that image is determining how they relate to you. The bottom line is that the telephone is one of the single most complicated communication tools that a person could use. Unfortunately, It is also the most widely used. In part, because people can't be seen, they tend to be less attentive when they're on the phone. Often, when we're on the phone, we might find ourselves doing other things. If we're at a computer, we're doing a little email in the background. You know, looking at the market. If we're out and about, we might be visually distracted. The kinds of behaviors that people engage in when they're on the phone, they would never do. If they were face to face with someone, because quite frankly, it would be rude. Come on, you can tell when you're talking to someone and they're going, mm hmm, mm hmm. You can tell that they're not really listening to you. How often are you on the phone with an advisor and you know they're distracted? What most people fail to see is that the other individual is picking up cues from your voice and they are actually constructing a picture of you and they are having a relationship to that picture. Often, because people are distracted, the person on the other side of the phone has no incentive to be fully engaged mentally. It is possible to control the image you project over the phone. And it is possible to control the attention of the other person to make sure they're fully focused while you're on the phone with them. This is where we have to confront our quote unquote telephone skills. What I'm referring to here first are the physical skills that actually convey confidence, authority, that create interest, the kinds of skills that cause people to pay full attention when you're speaking. It's critical when you're on the phone to give the other person your full attention and to be fully engaged. When we take a look at the skills, the physical skills that create that, for example, it would be things as basic as when you're on the phone. Do not allow your eyes to wander. Either fix your eyes on a particular point in space or a particular object, or in some other way, minimize visual distraction. Often, when people are on the phone speaking, 
and you hear a lot of ums and ahs as they're speaking. That's because the person may be dealing with a moment of visual distraction. And so they're filling that space with um and ah. Clearly, there are factors about our communication skills that can come across as authority, conviction, commitment. Believe it or not, a lot of that is based on whether or not your body is engaged when you're speaking. If I saw you talking to a friend, you'd be using your hands, right? You'd be gesturing. Your body would be moving. There's a natural way that you communicate when you're fully engaged, just like I'm doing right now, when you're fully focused. If you were to see me right now, or if you were to see me on the phone, you wouldn't see anything different than when I'm standing in front of an audience of a couple of hundred or a couple of thousand advisors. You'll notice that if you see me on the phone, I'm standing up, right? I'm gesturing. I'm maintaining a clear visual focus, minimizing distraction. All those things have a profound impact on the voice. When the body is involved, the voice sounds committed. When the body is disengaged, the voice does not sound committed. Remember, over the phone, the individual can't see you. They're taking small bits of information and making huge decisions and conclusions based on that. Let's take something as simple as if you talk to someone on the phone and they are not physically engaged, they can easily come across as unhappy. You would think, well, what's the big deal? Really? You know what's interesting? When someone sounds unhappy, you make lots of other unconscious assumptions. Like, for example, you assume that they're probably not particularly attractive. You assume that because they're unhappy, they're probably not successful. There are lots of things you assume about people who sound unhappy, when in fact the person may just be merely distracted or just not fully engaged. It's interesting. Conversely, if you make a visual image that a person is attractive, you'll also make other assumptions. You know, if someone sounds attractive, you'll assume that that means they're successful. You'll assume that means that they're honest. You have a hard time believing that people who are attractive or who appear attractive in your mind are dishonest. That's the reason why people who are attractive get away with murder. There are lots of things you assume about someone based on them being attractive. The reality is their attractiveness over the phone is entirely a projection. It is entirely in your mind. You know, it was extraordinary as a young man working at Lehman Brothers. You know, in my first year of production, I did $400,000 in commissions my very first year, having come out of the ghettos of Brownsville, Brooklyn. I worked in the same office as Marty Shafroff, who was the mentor to us in that office. And in the early 80s, he earned $20 million in commissions. And reportedly, at the height of his career, he has actually done as much as $80 million in production. It's interesting, having worked with him and a number of figures on Wall Street back in the early days of cold calling, many of these individuals probably should have been in radio back in the day because what they understood was the theater of the mind. They understood how to project images into the minds of the listener over the telephone, which made them incredible cold callers. Let's move beyond this. Let's say that here you are. You've called the advisor. You've set up an appointment. You've made a powerful impression, right? 
You were visually focused. Your hands were engaged. You were allowing the body to impact the voice. You had a commanding presence. And the next thing that happens in this training sequence is that you're going to meet the advisor face-to-face. How does attention show up in your unconscious face-to-face communication skills? I'm glad you asked that question. I think you'll find the answers quite interesting.